Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 637. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my regular co-hosts. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. Matt, how are you doing today? Eric, I am well. It is, I can't believe it, March 1st. It seems like we're flying through 2023 uh, as it is in VM world. And VMUG meetings will soon be back in, in full swing. I just was in a local chapter meeting myself here for Central Pennsylvania that occurred last week. Uh, we had a couple last year, but I know uh, in Central Pennsylvania as well as Pittsburgh, and Philly that uh, we're picking back up to, dare I say, pre-pandemic levels. Uh, mm-hmm. We have the, the Philly user con that's coming up here in a couple of weeks and whatnot, but and we'll get into all of that with our guest, Gene Williams, today. But before we speak on those topics, sir, my favorite questions, how are you? How are things out there on the west, snowy West Coast? And what is the color of the bay? And let me tell you, Matt, I should do some kind of cheesy imitation. I hope I'm drowning because it is just continuing to be snowy, rainy, cold winter, January, February weather. I haven't seen this since I've lived in California to give now you. Now, let's ex- cut through the hype for a second on, as far as the <laughs> snowpocalypse, right? I think the Bay Area and, you know, occasionally I'm sure that you guys see a little bit of snowflakes, but if as an uh, let's call it a mid-Atlantic resident, an East Coaster. If you follow these national news, it seems like you folks are uh, out there under six feet of snow. Now, I know there's plenty out there towards Tahoe and whatnot, but in the western foothills down towards the bay, what has been the snow? Okay. Any? So, some? A little? Uh, well, normally in the Bay Area on the eastern slopes, there's hills. And those, Mount Hamilton, will always get a light dusting of snow, right? And those are now looking like Tahoe, right, where it's got permanent snow caps across all the mountains on the eastern side of the bay, right, coming down halfway down the mountainside. And on the western side, going over the 17 to Santa Cruz, where I've never seen snow since I've lived here since uh, 1997, we now have snow on that side going up the 17. They had to close it because they didn't have snow plows to clear the 17 highway, which is the western part of the mountainside. And in fact, the uh, the Ridgeline Road, I forget the name of the Ridgeline Road that everybody knows, and there's a famous restaurant up on the top of that ridgeline or something uh that one also had you know parking lots of snow plow you know so the whole eastern side also got a lot of snow we had just to understand we had snow down to the 800 foot elevation which isn't very high for the bay area right so a lot of places got it. we had snow in oakland hills we had snow uh 
uh, Alan Renouf, his house, you know, that had burned a couple of years ago. He had mm-hmm. his kids are sledding in on that Western mountain in, at his house. Right. So snow. So we had a lot of snow, cold weather. You know, now, what uh, about at campus as far as at Palo Alto? Did that get a dusting or that's just yes, too uh, low? It, it got it got snowflakes but didn't stick so we yeah. had snow up in the up on those hills uh, the stanford campus we did have some snow there as well so yeah it's not a big deal uh it is a big deal because we've had a lot of water and to understand tahoe had 30 feet of snow up until last weekend we got another six feet of snow so 36 feet of snow we have another storm coming this weekend right which will get more snow so this is the most snow they've had on record since they've been keeping records so it has been a snowy season now the good news with all that is that uh, our droughts the reservoirs are going to overflow flood the russian river and all the reservoirs are now all happy there are a few reservoirs that are still below average but uh lake mead still is 182 feet down yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah. hopefully this will will yeah. add a little bit to all that. that. That will help the Lake Mead. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, so that's good. Um, so anyway, um, happy to have the weather. Happy to have the snow. Uh, fun to visit my daughter's house in Oakland Hills, which also had snow on it. It's all good. Tony, uh, t- uh, Corey couldn't be here today, but he was digging. Uh, he has, I think, 24 feet of snow on his property in Utah. So we've had a lot of weather come across. And he hasn't got the next six feet of snow. That'll hit him, I think, tomorrow. So fun times. Good weather. Cold, uh, calm, sunny day today before the rain starts again. Color of the bay is just a deep green. You know, It's just a deep winter green, as you would see like uh, in New Jersey in the wintertime. So good, good times for all. Um, and back to your uh, VMUG spinning up. We have heard that uh, we've been getting a lot of content for V experts submitted this year so far. So Noelle says on the advocacy submission tool that we've seen double the amount of content she normally gets. So she's approving posts uh, up to, you know, a hundred some a day where normally she'd be getting 50 a day. So I think we are back in business here for this year and it's going to be exciting and why we thought we should have gene williams on right to talk about uh v mug and uh, i don't think we've had gene on in, in a long time if ever on her own so uh gene welcome to the show as always we do the uh who are you how long you've been at vmware and what do you do and what does your career arc look like to get you to this spot <laughs> well thanks eric and matt for having me um I'm excited to be here to talk about VMUG, my favorite topic. Uh, Working with the community is um, something I'm very passionate about. I've been at VMware over 18 years, and majority of that time has been spent on helping to build the VMUG community. Um, Anywhere from where we started in-house to where we went to the independent model. We were growing so fast that I just needed more support, and so we looked at this independent model. So we're based out of a, a association management company out of Nashville, which most people may know that now. Um, How I got here, it was by luck. (laughs) Um, I had worked at another company for about 12 years and they were making a lot of organizational changes. And um, someone reached out to me from VMware to come in and look at a field marketing position. And I did. And it just kind of led me into uh, trying to build user communities. So 
Um, yes. Yeah, so was- when when I started, you were here working and uh, running the 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 user grab user groups back when VMware owned them. So it was like I think we shared time in the building in Porter together, right? Uh, there were all these, the Porter was this creaky wood building that was like a Harry Potter castle, right? You'd walk through it, little narrow, they had a little stairway in the back that go to the other floors. There were like three different floors. They were all at different le- levels and it was all made of wood. So the place actually creaked. And uh, my claim to fame back then was they were giving you desks in the hallways because we were growing so fast that they didn't have places to put people. And so like when I first started at VMware and I came from Sun Microsystem, which was a big campus and a nice office. And, and I came to VMware and they went, oh, here's your desk. And it was like in the hallway. And I'm like, yeah. oh, did I make a mistake? Right? It was just like a career career move that I'm kind of going to regret. But obviously Sun was, you know, having its, its bad days before it went under. They were still solid. It hadn't been bought by Oracle yet, but it was clearly starting the tech swirl for sure. So I don't regret ever coming to VMware, and VMware was a fun place. But uh, first, one you're the one of the first pe- uh, persons I got to know because you were running community stuff, and I thought that was cool. So um, yeah, I think I was like the ninth hundred employee or something around that number. So it's yeah, and I think by then I was already at two thousand, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but when I started, this was so. back in the day when like Diane Green wanted to like talk to everybody that got hired. So yeah, it was fun times. Um, and then I remember actually in that building, every three months we had to move. I finally got down in the dungeon, so we were in the bottom floor. I don't even know if there was windows. I just remember when it rained, it got really moist down there, and we had to like leave and. Um, a lot of mildew maybe growing down there. I'm not sure. Yeah. I ended up in the cube farm over in Porter. They had a, another bigger building in uh, that was Porter that had like a hundred cubes on the second floor and a hundred cubes on the first floor. And uh, yeah, I was in the Porter Creaky building, then got moved to the Porter cube building. Uh, then, uh, then got moved to the prom campus when it opened. I think that's where I meant you is in that second Porter building because I also was in that big, huge cube. Yeah. The cube farm, I called it. Yeah. 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 And then we moved over to prom, which was really funny because I actually worked um, in the prom building, the same building that I moved to at another company prior to VMware taking over that campus. Oh, interesting. Roche. Roche. Yeah. Roche owned it all. Yeah. There was another company that, you know, rented out a couple of their buildings or at least some of their buildings. And I worked there already. So it was kind of funny to go back to the same space I had been in for years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine it's uh, it's good. And now you lived in the Bay area back then, but now you're, you're up in Sacramento or somewhere. Yeah. About five years ago, I moved up to this area. My daughter's up here and um, my grandkids. So yeah. Gotta love that. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So um, let's talk a little bit of Emug in the early days, right? Because it was fun to to be there. This is back when we owned it. And Matt, I don't know if you were still around back when the when when Vmug uh, started up. When when well, well, I have several questions with this. So I, I have right. a little story for myself, but then I I have I have questions that Gene might be able to settle a little bit of controversy because uh. I've heard multiple answers for this. Okay. So what was, to the best of your knowledge, the first user group in the States? Oh, in the States. Oh, God, that's really going to be too hard for me to remember. Um, I honestly don't remember. What stands out to me in Europe was Belgium for some reason, but I don't know in the United States, honestly. Really sorry. Okay. 
You think it's Philadelphia? I th- I've heard it's Boston. Oh, and I well, know Boston's that- an iffy one because that there is controversy there. <laughs> right. So I know in 2004 and 2005. I was an IT director for a mid-Atlantic retailer, and there wasn't any even VARs that were heavily involved in our area. So I was driving over to Pittsburgh to go meet with what was then an independent group uh, of VMware users. It was led by individuals from Robert Morris University, Carnegie Mellon, and FedEx. Uh, And that really started around, again, 2004, 2005. Uh, We had 2.5 in prod and then moved over to three. And then we're playing around with some dust tone um, desktops that we were using for what was then very, very early on VDI implementations. But then, you know, followed it ever since and had had done presentations and was on steering committees over with Pittsburgh and then eventually got involved with Central PA and whatnot. And I was always tracked it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always been a, a part of my professional technical career to be involved with, with VMUG in some way, whether that's just is an individual showing up for meetings or contributing on steering committees or giving presentations or doing the whole regional champ thing or whatnot, but it's been integral to my professional development. Um, and it has played a large role in, in getting to, to where I'm at in my career and, and being an NB user computing TAM. I wouldn't have even known about this role opening had it not been for some of those relationships that I had been able to establish uh, via the Western Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh user group. That's awesome, so, Matt. You know, I, and I, that's I, just that's just one personal story. I'm sure that yeah. Gene, you have heard hundreds, if not thousands, of similar stories where where VMUG has been that key central point in the uh, career progression and career advancement for so many members of the V community as a whole. Yeah, I definitely have. Um, you know, it's really helped a lot of um, our members um, with their de- um, presentation skills. You know, um, you know, obviously we know that that's an uncomfortable thing for a lot of people to do is stand up and talk in front of people. And so I, that, I hear that a lot, that it's helped develop a lot of those skills that help make people be able to, you know, um, present in their companies and and present in front, you know, even going to VMworld and going VMware Explorer, having that opportunity to go to those kind of stages, they got the confidence going and presenting at the VMUG. So that's really great to hear. I also have had a lot of leaders who just really hate stepping down because, uh, you know, their career has taken them in a different direction um, or they don't have the time any longer, but they, it was really like a hard decision to, to change positions in their company or go somewhere else because then they had to step down from their leadership because they enjoyed it so much. The connections and um, relationships they built within VMware and the people they got to connect with was, um, you know, that words couldn't be put to it is what a lot of them told me. So um, it's been fun that. to see the journey and to, to see a lot of the, the members develop like that. It's been great. Yeah, it is interesting that uh, I looked at like when I 
uh, started working with Gene here in the last half a year, uh, I was like excited to go, you know, engage with the local San Jose chapter, right? And uh, see if we can give that a shot in the arm because like I would like to have a handful more meetings, go to more meetings, participate, and I will. Uh, but I did not know that a VMware employee can't be a leader as well, right? You have to be an external person in order to run a VMUG, right? Which is, which I think it makes sense because it encourages customers, you know, and, and the industry to be, you know, the users, right? And uh, to some degree, you know, it reminds me of the Tron, Tron movie, Matt, where, you know, we're not really a user, we're part of the program, right? We're the, we're the what is it, MV, MS, M, MVP, the master control, MCP, we're the MCP part, right? We're not really the users, right? Which is interesting. Just one big Finn's arcade. Right, 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 exactly. So um, moving on, Gene, I know that one of the reasons we want to have you here, and I should do a shout out that uh, before it gets too far down in the podcast, uh, Explore is happening and there has been a call for papers out for Explore. So uh, US and Europe, US is August 21st through the 24th in Vegas, in the Venetian, uh, and uh, VMware Explore in Europe will be in, uh, in Barcelona, November 6th through the 9th at the Fiera Gran Via, as always. So looking forward to that. And the call for papers is out. And there is And for procrastinators like me that are out there for Explore US, the call for papers caps at the end of this month. So March 31st, that deadline is, is noted, right? So get those submissions in, make sure that they're, you know, documented out as best as you, they, they can be, but there is a limited window to do so. March 31st right. is that deadline. And according to Tony Foster, the this deadline is for the U.S. And so Correct. go to vmware.com slash explore slash us.html. And I think there's a button there that you can click that will get you to the submit your paper link. Uh, I'll put that in. Uh, I'll publish that on the YouTube chat. And then there is a blog that they've published, blogs.vmware.com slash explore, the explore blog slash 2023. Q2 slash 28, uh, two top five reasons to speak at VMware Explorer. You can uh, Google that, go find that blog. Uh, I will also publish that in the, the chat stream as well. Uh, go get that. You got a month for us to get your papers. If you're a in. customer, reach out to right. your account team, reach out to your TAM, let them know that you are interested in presenting and that will greatly help your chances of uh, making sure that your application is noticed. And the short URL to the blog that you can read about top five ways is uh, blogs.vmware.com slash explore. And you can get there and go look at that article. It's on the, on that blog. Yeah. So yeah, definitely go do that. And uh, you know, we got a month, get your proposals in I would just say, and this is not official, that a lot of times they'll maybe slip it an extra week to let people get a few more papers in. They'll look don't at how many are in, but don't count don't on it because if they it. get enough of them in, then they'll be like, yep, thanks, no thanks, it's good. Now, the good news, Matt, uh, this year is that last year they didn't really even do a solid call for papers. They kind of buried it because they weren't sure how many people were going to show up because of the pandemic and it was the first year back. Uh, this year they're doing a full-on call for papers, uh, more traditionally what I'd expect for 
uh, VMware Explorer and VMworld right. way of e doing Explore, things. Yeah. we were still trying to work out a little bit of content and material and how that was all going to be integrated versus internal right. presentations and what was customer content. Right, right. I, and yes, I see this is a, a yeah. shift back to what's well, called days of old with a, a traditional call for papers approach. Yeah, that, that's what I would say. And enough with that uh, that news announcement. Uh, so, Gene, uh, the reason we brought you in today is that today, I think, is the first user con that's happening uh, in, in 2023, right? Is that, yeah, is that correct? St. Louis today. Uh, so shout out to everybody in St. Louis that's going to UserCon. And, uh, you know, we should just take a minute to you know, talk about UserCons versus chapter meetings and the blend between uh, the two of those that Amsterdam does. I think uh, they, that's kind of fun. So I know I'm a big chapter meeting, so maybe we can start chapter meeting first. Like the chapter meetings go, you know, every, you know, every X number of months, depending on, you know, your leadership of your current chapter, right? And this is a way you can get involved. So let's talk chapter minute, chapters for a little bit. How many chapters are there? Uh, I know you have this great slide that has all the chapter stickers or icons. Let's talk chapters for a minute. Sure. Um, and one thing I want to say, as we're talking about call for content, if you like to present or want to present and get some content out there or share your story with others, if you're not feeling ready for VMware Explorer just yet, VMUG is another great way to get started. So I would um, encourage you to try and make sure that you're connected with the local chapter um, and offer an opportunity to come in and you know present at the local meeting or just talk with the leaders there. Um, they want to hear your story. You know, everybody can learn from everybody um, what challenges you're going through, why you made decisions that you made, and uh, the, the community is there to support you. So. Um, as Eric said, we have over 230 local chapters around the world. Most of these groups, we encourage them to meet every quarter just to have this you know, consistent cadence of meetings so people can get together. Um, I think they average probably two to four, depending on where those locations are um, and, and the engagement with you know, the time that these volunteer leaders have available to set these meetings up. But you know, standard meetings can vary from group to group. So we, we really wanna hear from the community on what they want to do and hear at their meetings. We could have something as, as simple as having VMware come in and talk on the latest topic, a partner come in, a customer share a story. We can have more like interview styles where a leader can just interview some of the, the customers and, and find out like what they're working on and, and just get some interaction and feedback from the, the members. Um, you can you know offer to have hands-on labs at a meeting. We can just do, do a hands-on lab for the whole session or do a code session or you know run demos. Um, some of the groups get together just to kind of deepen the relationship and they might do a top golf session and then maybe there might be some interactive social time where they can talk, you know, more informally about what they're doing in their environments or what questions that they might have. Or they might go see the latest movie or just grab a drink, and, you know, at a restaurant and some dinner and, and just talk amongst each other. So the groups can be run differently and um you know, it's, it's really up to what the group wants to do and how they want to engage with each other. We do have a VMware technical support, like an SE or a TAM that's assigned to every single chapter. <clears throat> and so we, we encourage them to get engaged so they can bring content and expertise to those meetings to help you out. So um, just want to make sure that you guys are aware of that. If you're, if you're not engaged with them, um, we want to make sure that the leaders are engaging with the VMware resource to help bring those expertise to you guys. 
Yeah, that's that was one of the interesting things that I discovered is that if you want to spin up a local chapter, right, like say you're living somewhere where there isn't any for like a, a hundred miles in any given direction, one of the things you do, we do do is we look at how many customers are actually in a region, right? So we have, you know, a database of customers and we can do it by zip code. We'll look at that and we'll also look at identifying an SE or a field person that can actually support that group. So you kind of need those two things to get a user group even better blessed by by vmware is one uh, you have to have enough customers in your area that we have in our database and so that you know that you're pulling from a set of people and then two you do have to have somebody from vmware that can support that uh the leaders in that area right so that's interesting yeah so um like we said you know we the groups, some of them have, you know, maybe a hundred to a thousand people in each local chapter, although they don't all necessarily get together in person. They, they, some people really benefited from, you know, the virtual events um, during COVID. Some of them like to go to the virtual events. Some like to come in person. Some of them we might not see until we get together at VMware Explore. VMUG does a great job in trying to do as many things as they can to try and engage the customers in local areas. So you might, we used to have, and I don't know if they did this last year, but um, they might even in the lunchroom, like have certain areas set up for if you're in, you know, from the Americas or you're from, you know, APJ or you're from EMEA, or they might even break it down further, you know, by regions within the United States so that you can meet up with people in your local region that you might not know yet. So um, anyways, I think that that VMUG does a really great job in trying to pull the communities together. Yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, one of the things that we talked about is, you know, how much does VMUG uh, support the leaders in these chapters? And what I've learned by sitting on the board that they actually allocate out dollars um, to deliver to, you know, chapter chapter leaders, right? There is a fund, you know, of 100K or bigger that that, that gets consumed by chapter, uh, chapter leaders to be able to afford things. So it doesn't always have to be sponsored by a local vendor who wants to, you know, get in front and do a session there's at will. And then I think it's Amsterdam or the Netherlands. I forget which group actually, when they run their events, sometimes they actually put a price tag on the event so that people actually have to show up with some dollars, you know, to pay so that one, they can offer better things for their events and two, uh, you know, they, it weeds out people that don't really want to be there, right? So that's also interesting. So everybody has their different models that they can run their chapter meetings, right? There is flexibility. Right, absolutely. But we want to give them some, a sense of, you know, owning their group and running their meetings kind of in an independent way um, as part of the bigger VMUG organization. Do you know... Um, where on the website do you find your chapter? So if you're listening to this and you haven't been to your chapter in a few years, um, and the reason that I'm bringing this up is that for me, being part of VMUG now, I do want to spend uh, more time, and I'm working with the leadership at VMUG, to spend more time focusing on the chapters themselves, right? To help the chapters really have good local meetings, as well as spending time on user cons. And we haven't talked about user cons yet, but for me, I would like to get people to spend more time, you know, hanging out, going to Top Golf, spending time with each other. These are ways that you network, you know, that will get your move your career forward as you need a new job or you're looking for a new role. Having a collection of people that you engage with in your local town actually helps you get more, you know, more 
contacts in places that won't require you to move to a new city. So uh, if you haven't been to a chapter meeting, I am encouraging you to reach out, figure out who your leader is and, you know, ping them and say, hey, when are we going to have a meeting next? And how do I, how, how can I be involved? What are we going to do? Where do people find their leaders? Yeah, I mean, the leaders come from people volunteering within the community, um, the VMware resource. We we look to them to see if they have any customers that they might identify as somebody who's really engaged and passionate that want to you know raise their hand to do that. We do have um, uh, VMUG. They'll, they'll send out you know, email communications to the whole community to see if they can get anyone to volunteer. So, you know, if, if you are passionate about the community and you want to get involved, you know, I would reach out to VMUG and like you said, the leaders that are currently running the group. Now you can go to VMUG.com at the very top of the screen on the left, it says communities. And if you click on that, I thought it was going to say something simple like VMUG.com slash communities, but it's not coming up that way. Um, you do have to register to be a member, which is free in order to actually access the community page. So just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sitting looking at it. I'm like, wait, I'm not seeing it. But I, oh, I got to go log in, right? The, yeah. the easy way to do this, or, or I always recommend to, to people, is to click on events and then click on local meetings. And what that does is it will produce a page in chronological order of all global events that are happening on the chapter level. Oh, good point. So although it won't say exactly what is the closest one to you immediately, it will show you which ones are active and have things going on. So if there is a particular topic or a particular you know area that you may want to be, you know, considering yourself, you, you may want to travel. Like I, I think that I'm fortunate enough that we have central PA, we have uh Pittsburgh, we have Philly, we have, uh, there's a DC users group, uh, Northern Maryland and whatnot. So at any of those at a given point, rather than limiting yourself to just a particular group, sometimes it's also nice to look at that local events list and say, Hey, there's something really interesting going on at a regional level that I'd make some time out to go and travel to. There's also out there with virtual meetings and some local groups will simulcast a in-person meeting uh, and then also offer that remote for those that are not able to join at the local level. Good point, Matt. Um, I posted in there the actual link that you just mentioned, the local meetings. So quick link to, to check out. Yeah vmug.com forward slash events and then local dash meetings. And again, if you're on, if you don't remember that, just go to the events tab at the upper left-hand corner of vmug.com and then scroll down to and click on local meetings and you'll get that local event list in chronological order. I'm just uh, trying to find my Bay or Bay area. I'll do that some other time. Nice. I like it. So yeah, go there, uh, get your login 
get set up, find your local chapter, reach out to your leader or your leaders for your local chapter, find out what their timeline is and when they're going to have events and uh, go from there. Like, I think it's a way to get involved and be part of that. And many of them are having meetings. I know at the leadership meeting we had in the U.S. last year, Gene, uh, we polled a lot of the leaders that were there and many of them were having three or four meetings a year. So you're probably yeah. never more than a month or two away from your next meeting, right? Right. And then I don't know if you wanted to talk about the user cons. I mean, um, kind of the whole reason we got these user cons together is because we, we just had so many people trying to get to some of these local meetings at that time. And we were trying to find a way to bring, you know, in some states, you know, uh, well, first of all, VMUG tries to make sure that we don't have any groups closer than two hours within each other. Nobody wants to really travel, you know, more than two hours to get to a meeting. So if there's an, another location that has a big population of VMware users, we, you know, they've created, you know, other groups. And so therefore, we try and bring some of these local chapters together. As Matt was bringing, saying, you know, maybe in a 200-mile radius, you have lots of different chapters going on. And they'll bring these all together into one user con so that the, the broader, you know, region can get together um, uh, at these events. And those events, you know, prior to the pandemic, we're getting 250 to 1,000 attendees at an event. So a lot of opportunity to network with a much broader group of people. Um, we're really I, excited. I know that we've talked to the VMUG uh, leadership about um, when you have the keynote, maybe take five minutes uh, and let people introduce themselves. Like uh, if you've ever been to a church where they say, okay, stand up and shake your hand of your neighbor, you know, like, so do something like, you know, when it, at the beginning of EMUG, have kind of some social icebreaker where you got to meet three new people or four new people. Cause I've noticed when I go to these things, everybody sits in their tables with their friends. Right. And then, uh, and then, you know, the sessions are great. The material's great. Uh, but how do we get people, people to intermix and actually meet people at user cons or at least get connected to their local user group leader so that they can participate longer down the road. But I, I do love the, obviously the user cons. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that what we want to do is, you know, bring all these people together and get them more engaged. And that's exactly it. We have a lot of people that are maybe more um, introverted. And so we want to try and get ways that we can get people more engaged at these events. So um, if, there, if there's anything, you know, we, we look to the community for ideas as well. So if there's ideas that you have, please feel free to share them with us. I know that you're going to be attending one or two user cons, Gene. Yep. I have the Denver one coming up in April, and then I'll be going to the Raleigh one. Um, that's later in May. And that's just for the first half. So I look forward to anybody from those areas on this call. Um, you know, come check, come, come, come up to me, meet me. If yeah. I don't know you, don't know you already, I'll be I'm excited to visit and, and talk with you there. And if you want to see what Gene looks like, you can go to youtube.com slash V barbecue, where we post <laughs> the live streams, uh, V B A R B E C U E. So there you go, man. I got it right this time. Uh, go there and uh, give us a follow and a like. And uh, you can see what Gene looks like. And then go to uh, go see her if you're going to be in Colorado. Colorado is a fun one. I, I went to Colorado about somewhere in 2018. They had a user con there. And uh, and everybody's very young. Wow, that's a very young, hip audience there up in, uh, up in Colorado. Matt, I don't think they allow beards there either. It's like a different vibe versus the East Coast. 
No comment. <laughs> no comment. I, I, don't no, I, I would no think that there would there. be plenty of beards There's in the great of land of, of Colorado. There, there, there might be. There might I be. I can a guarantee you, though, it'll probably be snowing when I get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, there'll still be snow on the ground because it's going to take a, about a half a year to melt off all the snow that's going to be out there. So excited about that. So, uh, Gene, as we come up to the top of the hour, and I know we all have some hard stops, we've got a, maybe 12 more minutes here. Uh, I'll ask you, like, what excites you about the upcoming year? Um, what are you guys thinking about trying to do with VMUG? Uh, any kind of uh, strategic directions? What makes you excited about coming to work and uh, working with VMUG this year? Oh, gosh, there's just so much going on. And obviously, a, a lot of things, you know, now being on the community team. So I'm kind of a little different. I'm changing my mindset right now, kind of going back to in the grassroots feel of, you know, communities being on Eric's team um, versus, you know, being more on the um team I was on pr prior to this, but um, I really love getting out in the community more. So I really hope to see some of you, you folks out there getting to a lot of these more local meetings. Um, BMUG has a lot planned. Um, you know, we're going to be piling some new things. We'd like to get the Kube Academy out for those of you guys who are interested in that. We're trying to get that, those back out in the field. We're going to try and do some code sessions out there, some hackathons, just more interaction with the members. And, and like I said before, you know, we want to hear from you. So please make sure if, if VMUG is putting requests out for feedback or you want to just, you know, follow me. I'm on um, VMUG team is my Twitter handle. That was way before we went independent. So, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me and connect. And, you know, we're here to help support you and to bring us all together. So I, I'm looking forward to just, you know, um, seeing more people out in the field and in person again, finally. Yeah, I think that this year will be, you know, uh, much you know, like I said, we've got momentum in a lot of different places now. So uh, and uh, I I do love uh, the direction of trying to promote more of the chapters and the user interaction and bring community back to community. And one of the things that I'm trying to do, which excites me, is looking at how many you know, like I always look at like, you know, when I think about dot orgs right how much of the dollars they're collecting is going back to the individuals that are in the organization right like or, or they, are they providing the service how many dollars are going back to actually providing service i always look at the red cross and i go okay they raised a dollar and five cents when went to the people in need right and i look at this and i know that the vmug does a lot of great things across the board we go to vmworlds or explorers and they have all the stuff that they do there and they have the user cons but then i also want to look at Let's make sure that we're getting 20 cents on the dollar going to the chapter meetings and making sure that the chapters feel like they're funded, that they are getting good content, that users are participating and in getting a lot out of being a chapter member. So I, I, I know, Gene, I've talked to you, like putting the community back in community, right, where right. the chapter is one of these things that we try to focus on because to me, a really thriving, healthy community is about, you know, doing a, a podcast every week, right? Engaging with community members and, you know, and letting community members engage with themselves and be, be the, be the leaders, the right. As opposed to having vendors, you know, paying for access, right. I always look at kind of like the pay, if I could kick all the vendors out, I wouldn't because the vendors have a role and a purpose that are great. But I also look at the funding going like how much, 
is just a television commercial for the vendors versus the communities being part of the community and driving community. So that for me is what excites me about 2024 is and I, we're not really talking about turning the knobs one way or the other. We're just tweaking that a little bit to say, hey, how much, how much, you know, and can even I get funding? Because I, you know, I work inside getting funding for a lot of these programs. Can I get funding and ring fence it for the chapters themselves, right? So if I'm giving them a million dollars a year, million plus, can we make sure that we went from a hundred thousand dollars going to chapters to you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars going to chapters, so that the chapters don't have to work as hard. And it's a little bit like the sports metaphor, where you have the NFL. There are poor teams and there are rich teams, right? <laughs> and we want to make sure that the poor teams get enough money to get off the ground, right? Um, and so uh, maybe some of the dollars that we're allocating, you know, don't have to go to the rich teams. They can actually be used to funnel into some of the areas that, you know, could use some help so that they can yeah. get off the ground. If you're in New York City, you're, you know, you got a lot of big companies that can give you money for sponsorship. When you're out in Kansas City, where Tony Foster is, right, like, you know, that they don't have as quite a wealth, like you don't have Chase and uh, Citibank and these big guys that can fund things. They're, they have a hard enough time just finding a space to go meet, right? So looking forward to maybe adjusting the dials a little bit would be would be fun right. yeah i have to say Matt. that's one thing i think that some of the leaders have struggled with this year is finding venues to have the meetings um so if you have a, a space that you can offer that would be great because i know that uh with covid you know a lot of the locations they use they have very limited um options now i don't i don't know exactly all the details but that's one thing that i hear a lot is trying to find a meeting space has been has been a challenge so if your company has a space where we can you know hold a meeting no, please let your leader know. Local companies, community colleges, uh, high schools, some security concerns and whatnot there. But as long as you show that you're, you know, you're a registered professional group, that seems to forego some of those formalities with that. Uh, the Central PA group uh, had one of their leaders that had, was in Pennsylvania. We have something called intermediary units that work with uh, middle and high schools uh, in a county by county level. Uh, this individual worked with that. They have a giant facility that they use that, you know, have individual classrooms that hold anywhere from you know, 50 to 100 people and zero cost. So we're able to, to bring that in. We had a little bit of funds left over from 2022. So we had a, a meeting without a sponsor, right, where it's more community driven content and whatnot allows for a little bit more, you know, interaction and let's say um, diversity of topics that are out there rather than necessarily needing to include that vendor presentation. So you know, for the leaders out there, we always say, you know, think a little bit outside of the box, look at, at different ways to, you know, save on what some of those venues may be and, um, you know, think of a, of a creative place to a creative and low cost place to, to have um, your meetings to, to drive down the overall you know, costs so that you can do more uh, creative um, things later in the year or during the meeting itself as far as giveaways or bringing in certain speakers and being able to reimburse their expenses. So I, I, we 
I, I heard uh, the, one of the board members said that, yeah, even the local police stations have community spaces that they'll lend out to any.org that uh, makes the request that you can go there and get some space. So I think the government institutions, libraries and things like that, that we wouldn't necessarily think we always think of from a corporate perspective, but there are, I think, spaces local that rotaries can, I mean, yep, there's... That can get you space that uh, that there and Interesting enough, as we come out of COVID, a lot of space is available, right? Like there are, there are under, you would think, yeah. <laughs> right, they're all like, gosh, I wish we could have anybody. We're just paying for this building. We're not really yeah. using it. Right. Yeah. Um, corporations have a little bit tighter, obviously tighter, you know, lockdown issues around that. I know VMware campus, you just, it took us a little bit of time to get things turned back on. And now we're slowly turning back on. We're having a, a, a user uh, uh, CTAB, a uh, uh, community customer technical yeah. advisory board that uh, CTAB that's happening on campus at the end of March. If you are listening to this and you feel like you have great input that uh, you would love to give the engineering teams and you think you can get budget to come to California, you know, Ragu is going to be there. We got some great AI speaker that's coming. We got a lot of stuff going on. I think it's a three day event. And I think there are 30 slots open, uh, which means that we do have some extra slots that we could fill. And if you're in the Bay Area and you want to get a get invited to that, uh, reach out to myself, uh, Gene, or uh, Sunnery. Or your TAM, if you yeah, have a TAM your on your TAM, account, right, or a, a customer success right. manager on your right. account, let them right. know that you're interested in that program, and they will find means to, to connect you with Eric or Gene. That's right. And we can get you connected to that program. We are doing a little bit of outbound. We are working with some community leaders to see if we, uh, because this is one of these resources that's uh, coveted and we do have, you know, they are slowly, originally we had, I think, uh, 40 slots. Now we're down to 30, maybe 25 slots, but we do have some slots open. I think the whole event will have a hundred plus people at it. Uh, so you'll get to engage with peers and the interesting, these people are, you know, big enterprise uh, customers like Starbucks and uh, Citibank and people that are running, you know, pretty heavy duty uh, implementations of VMware. So uh, you will get to rub shoulders with uh, some some key IT people if that works for you. Uh, we will vet you and make sure that uh, you are who you say you are and that you're interested and that you you want to come and participate and give the BU's feedback as well as they will present what new features are coming and you'll be able to give them feedback on kind of the, their new feature roadmap as well. Eric, for our listeners, those dates, do we have a rough idea of when that that, that is occurring? I should know that. I want to say March 24th, but I would be. It is that I, week. Yeah, the week there, I don't know. It starts on a Monday. So, so I the would 20th have to through the 23rd, I think, is those four days, right? Yes, that's Monday right. Thursday. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. So there you go. One minute left. Gene Williams, V Barbecue Report. You're in Sacramento, oh, California, God. the land of cows. <laughs> Happy cheese. <laughs> what Thank is your favorite barbecue and do you ever make any? I do not make barbecue, but I, I love barbecue. But I probably, as much as I like chicken, I probably would say some kind of steak. <laughs> and uh, you're a bar ribs, barbecue. Ribs. 
barbecue location do you have a favorite place in your mind that uh, you like to go get barbecue uh last time i had some good barbecue was in either texas or kansas city oh no don't say that no (laughs) tony foster you want it we can we can add you to the stream here tony foster like you are definitely a kansas kansas city missouri right like are you not the kansas city let's see we get him back there we go and uh, and then Can't Tony, you, Tony doesn't have any audio, of course, but that's okay. We'll get him <laughs> when he gets back. Just having a Kansas City shout out is enough for Tony Foster today. That's that's the end of the. Hey, my dad's that. from Kansas City. Um, <laughs> I learned that if you don't have your your Traeger cover on your barbecue, and we get rain for like four solid months, your wood pellets in the system are going to start to, you know, turn moldy, right? And you're going to spend- You know, Eric, months. you don't have to worry about that with natural <laughs> yeah, gas. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I, I realized as soon as I said that, Matt, yeah. that, that was com- coming- Sorry, buddy. You teed yourself like, oh. up there. That <laughs> like, was coming straight that's for like you. like putting the big watermelon on the block and giving Matt a hammer. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, you know, I got nothing else to do this weekend but clean out my Traeger with <laughs> slightly moldy, uh, you know, mesquite pellets. But, uh, you know, we'll get it going. Okay, I did I'll have my I did, outdoor oven. I did make my uh, I did make my classic jerk chicken. Uh, splat, uh, you, you, you cut them down the middle and spread them out. I may put those on the just the regular Kingsford charcoal grill. And, you know, it's good. We we had like one sunny day before the rain went away again or came back. So it is good to, to have a little bit of barbecue. We're running. We're going to come into summer any month now and it'll be. Yes, fun. we will. Oh, my God. There you go, Tony Foster. You know, I don't know why she thinks Kansas, Kansas City has, you know. That's because <laughs> these are the two user group areas where they said we're going out for barbecue. No one else. Is yes. Yes, you you come to the Wichita or Kansas City uh, V mugs, you're going out for barbecue. Hey Tony, is it is it was it Kansas City that I went to where there was a barbecue place that was at an old gas station? I think so. Yeah, it was a gas station converted into this barbecue place. Yes, Um, I'm trying to think of which one that is because there are a couple of them in Kansas City, but yes. That, I, I know that uh, for several V mugs, they have taken people to one of the two or three that are in Kansas City. So, yeah. so yes. it was just well known for that, Eric. That's why I went. I'm sure we have good barbecue here somewhere in California, but I don't know in my area. You'll have to bring me to one when I come down to the Bay Area. <laughs> Maybe it's Fair your enough. house. Well, we're at the top of the hour. We managed to get a nice podcast in. And uh, Gene, always nice to have you. Um, I You are birds of a feather to me. I mean, I, I feel like I'm managing the community team. But the truth is, you don't really manage a community team. You just are part of it. And you're part of it. And, uh, and so is Matt and Tony Foster and Graham. And everybody else is out here listening to the show. You are just part of that. So I'm excited to uh, try to get us some more money, get the chapters uh more stickers. I love the chat, the sticker wall that you guys did. It is uh, fantastic to see. We have a slide now that that Gene presents inside of VMware that has all uh, like uh, maybe like forty of the chapter sticker icons all oh, on I'm it. Sure, it's more like seventy-five at least on that slide. Yeah, it's <laughs> super cool. I mean, I just when you're presenting that, I just want to stop 
and let everybody just sit and look at them for an extra three minutes on the presentation because literally everybody sits and you could just see them starting staring at their zoom screen, you know, like looking at all the different. Uh, Pretty cool. It is super cool. It is. It well, is I look fun. forward to getting out of some more chapter meetings this year, in addition to the user cons. And I appreciate you guys having me on today. Thanks so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Matt, Tony Foster, Graham, thanks for being here. We'll be here again as always, Wednesday, 12 to 1. Have a great day. Go get some barbecue. Bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.